0: Hello, this is Rhiannon Evans. On Grazia Life Advice this week, we've got one of my favourite former Love Islanders.
1: My name is Tasha Gurry, and I am a dancer and a model and I was on Love Island and I am this week's guest on Grazia Life Advice podcast. Coming up, how Tasha has come to see her hearing loss as a superpower. It was in my early 20s where I really started to open up and actually be like, you know what, this is who I am. I still talk about the negatives that come with it. You know, it's not always 100% easy. Tasha has one and a half million Instagram followers.
0: They're mostly supportive, but she says she does have her moments on social media.
1: I still have people messaging me saying, your relationship's so fake, you're gonna break up in like three months time. And I'm like, what? Like, why are you taking the time out of the day to
0: say that to me? And she says, when it comes to relationship success, you have to make self-love your priority.
1: You have to really focus on you first and find where you're happy within yourself and then you'll be happy on the outside, like you will lose that happiness out there. I really enjoyed talking to Tasha and uh, she seems to
0: be someone who's really got life sorted out. So I hope you get a lot out of this chat.
1: Hi, Tasha, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. Where am I talking to you from? You're in your, are you in your home?
1: Yeah, I'm in my home
0: in London. Well, I'm loving having you on the podcast today. We're so excited. We've written about you so much at Grazia. You know, we called you our best dressed love islander when you were on the show. Don't know if you saw that. And now uh, we're talking to you a lot about the eBay collaboration you're doing. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so coming out of the filler, eBay kind of came to me and said, we'd love to work with you as an ambassador. I'm more of a person that supports small business brands and sustainable fashion and secondhand pre-loved. So it made sense for me to work with eBay. And the partnership has been amazing. And You know, we both work so well together. And the opportunities I get with eBay as well is just incredible. Like I watched London Fashion Week last week. Like you know, Who thought I would be doing that? And that was one of my biggest dreams, even as a model, before I went on the show. So it's been so amazing so far and loving every second.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're already, of course, a history maker when it came to Love Island. If people don't know much about you, can you talk a bit about what you call your superpower?
1: Yeah, so I call it superpower. That's how I like to define myself. I don't like to define myself as disabled. So I call it my superpower to make me feel empowered. And basically I was born completely deaf in both ears and I wear a cochlear implant on my right ear. So going in on the show, I kind of was the first hearing impaired Islander on the show. It kind of was a turning point, I think. You know, this Mm -hmm. year they've got on who's blind in one eye. So I think it's great that... It's about times this happening in the TV industry. And yeah, it definitely was a big moment for sure. But it definitely came with positives and negatives being on the show, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I would say, and I don't know if you felt this, in some ways it was big and it was great that you were on there and that you were so open and, and the way that you spoke about your superpower was amazing. But in other ways it was great because it didn't really matter. Once you were in the villa, mm-hmm. it wasn't really a thing even, was it?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think... That going to show how much is still not normalised in this world, you know, it still shocks mm-hmm. people, it still makes people be like, oh my gosh, there's someone on there with a cochlear implant. And that goes to show it's not being normalised to the point that it shouldn't even shock people. So I think, eventually, I hope in a few years time, it will become, you know, normalised to the point that it's mm-hmm. not even a big deal or big news. But it's good that it's happening now. So the younger generation, don't. You know, in the future, don't have to really worry about, you know, the headlines or things like that, you know. A lot of the press articles kind of said, first, deaf Islander. And it was like, I'm not a deaf Islander. I'm, I've am i got a name. I'm Tasha. Mm-hmm. So it's still kind of got a long way to go with, like, little things like that.
0: Yeah. And you, uh, as kind of, like, in that groundbreaking territory, unfortunately, as you say, you're quite comfortable, though, talking about it, aren't you? You're not...
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah, definitely. I've always been... I want to say I've always been open. I've not always been a confident person through my teenage years. Um, I've always struggled with my identity. always struggled mm-hmm. with being open about it. So I would say it was in my early 20s where I really started to open up and actually be like, you know what, this is who I am. I'm going to mm-hmm. own it. And I still talk about the negatives that come with it. You know, it's not always 100% easy. It's hard as well sometimes, but at least I'm using my platform now to speak about that.
0: Yeah, and you've got this huge platform now, haven't you? I mean, how many followers do you have on Instagram nowadays? I've now got 1.5 million at the moment. Oh, wow, God. That's yeah. just crazy, isn't it? Do you think about that when you put stuff up?
1: <laughs> um, sometimes I'm like, I'm like a deep it and I'm like, I have like yeah. 1.5 million people, but I don't see it as followers. I see it as people that support me and that, you know, are invested in what what I do. So... I think that's kind of how I see it you know I don't really see it as like fans or followers I don't know like I see it as like they're people as well and yeah yeah, it's crazy to think that you know I've even got that I'm just like what.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we have you here to talk through your six best pieces of advice and I want to start off with your first one because we've kind of just touched on it but your first piece of advice is to overcome challenges and obstacles so why did you pick that?
1: So I think with me growing up I had to overcome many obstacles in my life and I believe you get given those obstacles to overcome them to make you stronger Mm. and make you come out the other side and life throws a lot of obstacles at you it really really does and it's Mm. all about overcoming them it's all about pushing through that and you know I think being born deaf and wearing a cochlear implant I had to learn to to actually talk as speech therapy, I had to really do hearing tests, I had to do a lot of hearing therapy after I got my cochlear implant so it wasn't a kind of like I got it and it was fixed straight away, it really was a long process and especially as a teenager you always always on yourself in such a negative mm-hmm. way because you're kind of still figuring out who you are at that point. And in school I never used to talk about it I never would wear my hair up and I kind of just there's no one else in my school as well that was deaf so I couldn't really share that experience with anybody else and I was born into a hearing family as well so my family couldn't really understand sometimes why I'd get frustrated um so I had a lot of tough times as a a kid and I think now I've overcome obstacles, but I'm still overcoming obstacles, you know. Even being on the show, coming off the show, there's still things that I'm dealing with. And I've lived in London now for five years. So before I went on the show, I literally was grafting, working as self-employed, as a dancer and as a model. And I was grafting to the point where I had to pay my rent, pay my bills. And I, I've always been taught by my mum and dad to work hard for, for what you need in life. And I was never spoon-fed. I was never, you know... Here's money, have it kind of thing. It was kind of like, Tash, if you need to pay your rent, go work kind of thing. So, yeah, I think growing up, I've kind of always been taught that obstacles will come your way, but it's about overcoming them and you will find your way, you will find your feet. And it's all about being on your path, really.
0: Hmm. And when you say you still face challenges today, what kind of things are you kind of coming up against?
1: So even nowadays, I get concentration fatigue. It's very common with um, deaf and hearing impaired. So for me, for example, I lip read and think about my day to day kind of life. I probably... I speak to a lot of people in my day-to-day life and communicate with people, especially social events, for example. ITV Plus is a good example. There's so many people there and you're having conversations with people, background music, it's loud. And Mm. I'm overworking my brain to the point that I get migraines and headaches and I just get so wiped out that the two days after, I'm just so drained. And it's just mm-hmm. something I deal with. I dealt with it on the show, but the reason why I didn't speak about it on the show is because I've dealt with it my whole life. I didn't need to kind of say it to anyone. i just kind of be like, I've got a bit of a headache, and that's kind of how I just, you know, do it. Do it, And I think challenges with day-to-day, I still sometimes have down days where I think, you know, I still sometimes doubt myself. I think that's natural, though. Like, humans do have that, and I think... it's it's still a work in process. It's still, you know, finding my confidence. I'm, I'm confident and, you know, I have my own podcast and stuff coming up and it's like, well, actually, everyone still has their thing behind closed doors. And I'm still kind of figuring out to find really find my hundred percent confidence with it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think it's something that everyone struggles mm-hmm. with completely.
1: Can you talk about what your podcast is going to be? Oh, so my podcast is called Superpowers with Tasha, and it's really all about empowering. And it's really about it's not just about the deaf community. I've got people on that's non-binary, saw so the knee injury that's you know shattered their dreams. I've got someone that's got alopecia blindness and it's really just all about sharing experiences and giving them a, th- a platform to talk about their experiences and to help people out there so it's really empowering podcast basically it's, it's amazing.
0: And obviously there you talked about superpower can I just ask why did you start to call it your superpower where did superpower come from?
1: It came from my parents, pretty much. Um, My dad's kind of always said, it's, you know, your superpower. The times, the days I doubt myself, the days where I felt down, my dad would kind of be like, look, Tash, it's your superpower, you know. It makes you different, of course, but in a good, positive way, not in a bad way. And I think that kind of always stuck with me, and I don't like to refer... to myself as disabled or someone that's got disability. It's strange because in this kind of world some people wouldn't mind being called that but it's about your own identity and my own identity is mm-hmm. like I like to say superpower and I say to people if you like to use that term as well go for it and the amount of messages I've had coming off the show when I was on the show calling it my superpower came off, the amount of messages that being been like I'm not calling it a superpower it makes me feel strong and empowered and I never thought that that would happen and Mm. it has caused a bit of controversy though with me calling it a superpower because people think it doesn't make sense or I don't understand it but at the same time it's like it doesn't need to make sense for you as long as it makes sense to me that's all that matters and yeah I think it's it just makes me feel good and positive.
0: I think so often people mistake having a platform for telling everyone what to do. Mm. Like, you know, you can you should be able to speak to a lot of people and still talk about what works for you personally. I
1: agree. I agree. And I think, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a bit of controversy with it. And it, it's, you know, I'm not forcing it on anybody. Like when I talk mm. about, for, for example, if I say, you know, children with superpowers, that's me saying I like to call it superpower because that's how I say it. Otherwise, if I say children with disabilities, I don't know what terms they like and stuff, but I say Mm -hmm. that's a term I'd just go by me personally. It's not me forcing it on them or anything like that. It's just, that's Mm the term I'd go by. But yeah, it's just something that's just always stuck with me and... I just yeah, it just makes me feel strong in in a way.
0: Which is great, isn't yeah. it? That's what
1: you want. <laughs> definitely.
0: Bit of a bit of a shift change. Your second piece of advice though, I just want to talk to you about this because I'm obsessed too. You say always sleep with a satin pillowcase.
1: Right, so this this happened to me about last was it last year. I started sleeping with a satin pillowcase and my life changed. Like honestly. <laughs> my hair game has changed. Like my hair mm. just feels so silky, so smooth every day I used to wake up, you know, is it the cotton ones? The, uh, yeah. And my hair would literally be greasy the next morning when I've just washed it. And I'd be like, what's going on? And it was one of my friends that told me, you know, maybe get a satin pillowcase. And I was like, who sleeps with a satin pillowcase? I was like, who does that? <laughs> so I invested in it. And honestly, my hair just, yeah, my hair can stay smooth the whole week, stay shiny. Because all the dirt doesn't get stuck in their, their pillowcases, yeah. you know, so... I'm telling you all now, go get a satin (laughs) pillowcase.
0: Yeah, it's worth the investment. Uh I'm a convert. You're not there yet, Tasha, but when you get slightly older and you wake up with like creases in your face, Mm. it stops that too. Yeah. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. I don't know why it's uh, not everyone's talking about it. Are you going to try and start your own satin pillowcase brand? I feel like there's a little niche in the market, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. That's a good idea, actually. (laughs) Once you come off Love Island, the idea is, right, that everyone's like throwing deals at you and brands, brands, brands. And obviously you were working with eBay, but was it like that? Was people just coming to you with loads of stuff?
1: Yeah, I had quite a few other clothing brand deals as well. Um, And I've said, you know, it's it's interesting because I feel like people think we take things for the money and that's not necessarily the case. You know, The things I've done so far, I'd taken them because it aligns with me and I'm passionate Mm. about it. I'd rather do something I'm passionate about then something for the money because then you're not going to be happy and happy with what you're doing so that's why for me it was like ebay i've done Lullabells, i've i've used to wear the hair before the filler so that was mm-hmm. an organic thing i've done and summers i'm with Anne summers now i love the lingerie i love the way they're so diverse and representation within their brand as well i'm working with l'oreal um so i'm working with the brands that really do align with me and yeah. it's like you do have things thrown at, you, thrown at you, but I've said no to so many things. I'm that kind of person where I'd be like, if it's not going to make me happy, then I'm going to mm. say no. Regards even if they paid me £2 million, I still will say no, because my happiness comes first before anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. But maybe yes to pillowcases. We'll see.
1: You never know, maybe. <laughs> I do want to start my own business one day. Um, you know, I kind of like to have my, maybe a clothing brand, because I like my yes. fashion. I love fashion, so... Yeah, maybe maybe next year I might start something.
0: Amazing! Can't wait. Uh,
1: your third piece of advice. Tell me what that is. Communication is key with relationships. So, okay. With that communication, I think I think everyone says it, but it really is key with relationships. Like if you don't have that as your foundation, your relationship probably fifty percent. Below isn't really going to work because you have to communicate every single time, and I think Andrew's my first serious relationship. I would say you know I've made it past the five five month mark. In the pillow, I said my longest relationship was five months, and together it's mm. been it's been seven months now. So I'm like i made it past the <laughs> the five month and and I think being on the show, me and Andrew had such a rocky journey in there, but what mm. kept us going was communication, you know. Every single chat we had, like movie night, for example, people thought we were going to be the explosive couple that's going to go crazy at each other. But I literally sat there, I was like, oh, I already you know all this. And Andrew was like, oh, we spoke about this already. And we were absolutely chilled because, you know, you don't see every single conversation on the show. You know, they can't mm. show every single conversation. And probably 80, 80% conversations weren't shown of me and Andrew. So we have really good communication even to this day now. Where, you know, if Andrew's feeling down, I'd be like, talk to me, like, tell me how you feel and talk to me. And I think it's better to have that. And Mm. that way, your communication will get stronger. And obviously, relationships isn't always going to be plain sailing. It's going to get hard. So I think if if you've got that, you can build on it, then you'll be fine. I mean, relationships get
0: hard. But what's it like when millions of people have watched you? get together and senior ups and downs and then everyone thinks they're involved mm. I mean that must add
1: so much complication I think I'm still getting used to that I think it's hard because you're on a public eye now and mm. you know and people think they have an opinion on our relationship when really they, they they're not really entitled to have that opinion because they don't really know what our relationship's like you know I still have people messaging me saying your relationship's so fake you're gonna break up in like three months time Oh, and I'm like what like why are you taking the time out of the day to say that to me but it's like it's hard because I say to people you can't have a fake relationship if you're living together if you're meeting the parents if you know you're doing things together going on holiday I could I could never fake my feelings like that to do that like that you're also hurting the family and the friends mm-hmm. and you know it really is hard because especially when the new shows on as well my and Andrew's relationships getting compared to people's relationships in the villa and it's like it's such a um it, it's still I'm still getting used to it I think and it's hard sometimes because you can get compared in such a negative way and it's kind of like I wish people would start leaving us alone a little bit because we're happy now we've moved on and some people won't let go what happened in the villa and it's like if I can let go and move on why can't you you know kind of thing it it's crazy people can really really get invested in our relationship like if I don't post for like a day of and with Andre, people literally have you two broken up like have you two broken up I'm like mm. it's honestly I'm still getting used to it to, the, to this day it's crazy yeah
0: it must feel so mad I mean on the flip side are you watching this series and then are you invested in lots of other people's
1: relationships <laughs> do you see it from the other side well it's interesting with me watching it it's it's kind of like I don't make judgments on the islanders I don't make judgments okay. on relationships because I'm like now we know what happened but it's like on the other side it's like you don't see every single thing and it's like Mm. you know people can be like how come they just made up after they just had an argument was that maybe they had a conversation in the middle you just didn't, didn't see that so how i watch it now i keep an open mind i don't you know shoot at someone and be negative about them because you know, it's hard because someone can get a really bad edit to look like a villain. A villain. And mm-hmm. that sample that happened with me at the start. Um, and that's just how it works, because each iron needs a storyline, and it's all about storylines in there. But I think they're all great, and I think people forget they are human. They're not yeah. robots with TV personalities. And, yeah, I mean, the show so far is great, but it's definitely weird to watch it, because I'm like... Oh my gosh, it feels really weird, really weird.
0: We'll be back with more from Tasha after this. We're still here with Tasha and we're about to go into her fourth piece of advice. Tasha, can you tell me what that is,
1: please? So the fourth one is be patient, there's time. Okay. So with this one, I think patience is key and it's kind of like Mm. hang in there, everything's going to be okay. And I wish that was the advice I gave to myself, my younger self, Mm. because I think Back then I kind of was thinking about my life, thinking, what am I gonna do with my life? How am I gonna make money? How am I gonna get home? Like all the stress that comes with, you know, when you're young and you don't really learn much about finance, mortgages, all these kind of things. And my career as well. I was stressing about my career and I was getting told things left, right, and centre, what to do with my life, you know, go mm. go do law, go do all these kind of things, and I was like, that's not what I want to do. And you know, it's all about being patient and it come to you kind of thing. But you also have to pull it out there. You have to work hard as well. You can't just sit there and let it come to you. But you really do have to it's like fifty fifty like you you the first is fifty, you do fifty, you meet in the middle. Mm. And mm. it's just about hanging in there and as ta- as hard as times get, just be patient. The storm will pass. It's all about letting the storm pass. And yeah, the storm can get really hard. But the sunshine would come the next day kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So before Love Island, you were mostly a dancer, mm-hmm. dancer with some mid- modelling, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I did dance and modelling. And the thing is, with that kind of industry, it's not always consistent. It's not like a nine to five uh. job when you've got a fixed salary. It's very like you have to do auditions and with modelling, you can be booked for a year. And working for the same brand and all of a sudden they can be like okay we don't need you anymore so it's mm-hmm. very kind of like that kind of world and I did work nine to five um at Tiffany and Co I used to do that sometimes as a job so I have worked nine to five as well before and it's it's definitely hard because there could be months where you don't actually work but you like you need money and you have mm-hmm. to kind of have to venture out into other things but that's how it works pretty much with life and self-employed is definitely a tough tough job because you're Mm -hmm. really grafting, but you're grafting because you're passionate about something you want to do yeah so it's yeah it definitely is a a a journey I've got to say um, with dancing modeling but I've loved every single second i have amazing experiences with those jobs
0: yeah and I I bet like is it a strange world to be in as well right because it's so judgmental and so quickly judgmental I imagine too
1: yeah I think with Dancing, I think it's kind of more open and diverse now. So, in the dance world, mm-hmm. I think that's where I started to really embrace who I am with my deafness and stuff because the dance in- industry is so open and no one will judge you. Like, I can go to a dance class and people will support you. People will be like, Yes, like, go, girl, girl, you're smashing it, kind of thing. So, I think dance it's not really a judgmental back in the day it used to be with auditions I used to be had to be like tall skinny you had to look a certain way you had to be blonde blue eyes or brown hair with like brown eyes or whatever but nowadays if you've got tattoos that's absolutely fine if you're if I'm deaf wear a cochlear implant that's fine so I feel like back in the day it really was like that whereas nowadays it's not really the case anymore I think with modelling it's definitely really really hard with castings and trying to get in there so I got lucky with ASOS because mm. I just somehow got lucky really really lucky it's very hard to even get in with ASOS and it's yeah it's one of those situations where with modeling it's kind of like you have to know yourself know your identity know your image and know what's going to work for you so it's just knowing like what's best what you know what's best for you and mm. with castings as many no's as you get keep going till you get a yes like don't let it knock you down it's really really hard to say that and for me it did knock me down sometimes but you have to be like maybe it's just because I didn't have brown hair that literally could be the case like it wouldn't be anything personal to you it could just be because they want someone with brown hair for the photo shoot so it really is just like that Mm, crazy I mean (laughs) mean, your fifth piece
0: of advice is to always put yourself first and I guess that must have been difficult when you're struggling with self-confidence but now tell me how that how that manifests for you in your life
1: so I would say you know self-love is the most important thing before any kind of love you know it's all about loving yourself first because how can you love somebody else if you can't love yourself so it's really mm. self-love is something that doesn't come in just a day it's something that you have to build on it's all about taking those baby steps with yourself and self-love can be such a it's like a voice in your head isn't it it's like that kind of thing. It can tell you one day that, oh, yeah. you look ugly or that kind of thing. And it's like, you have to really switch that mentality and be like, no, I am the girl. Like, no, I am the boss, you know, kind of thing. You have to really switch around. And it's all about, it's, it's like I said, it isn't coming a day. You have to really work on it and finding out what's best for you. And when it comes to relationships and stuff, sometimes... Why relationships don't work is because you haven't got that self-love and you're putting all that insecurities onto you other partner and that can damage the relationship. So it's all about, like I say to anyone, before you get into a relationship or, you know, self-love is something you really need for yourself because you can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself. Like, it's just you have to really focus on you first and find where you're happy within yourself and then for the rest you will be happy, on the outside like you would that happiness out there I mean it can feel tempting
0: though can't it when you're having a bit of a rubbish time to go and find that validation in someone else and we've all been oh yeah
1: oh yeah I've been there before as well and that's where I learned that's that's where Mm. I actually learned actually I need to focus on myself first because it's hard because you do want someone to validate you and give you everything but sometimes that's not enough as well And it's like you actually need to work on yourself and then when you do feel happy within yourself you can go back and say okay I've worked on myself focused on myself found where I'm happy within myself and then you can work back together Mm. and I've been in that situation before where I was constantly wanting affection constantly wanting to be loved and that ruined me and him because I was constantly wanting so much from him it got to a point Mm. where he was like I can't give you any more like I've given you everything and it's like then that's when it clicked for me. I was like, actually, I need to go work on myself because it's not you, it's actually me kind of thing. So there's, that's definitely one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life, for sure.
0: You're, I just, I'm just i laughing not in a bad way because I love it so much. Your sixth piece of advice comes from Miley Cyrus. I'm so happy. It's not party in the USA. <laughs> Tell me what your final piece of good advice is.
1: That life's a climb, but the view is great. So if no one a classic, no, no one knows yeah. the song, Life is a Climb, I still listen to it every single day it's so my playlist. Oh, right. I was yeah, I sit in the car, pull it on, I'm like, okay, if I need a bit of a uplift, I'm like, okay, this is what I need. And it's so true, like life really is a climb and it's all about climbing that mountain. And when you get to the top the view is great because you're like, I made it kind of mm. thing. Like I got through it, I made it, I achieved the things I wanted to wanted to, to achieve. And then you go to the next mountain, you climb again and then another few is great and you know, I was for example like before I went on the show we've been dancing and modeling that was me climbing me coming on the show that's me still climbing coming off I'm like oh the few is great because I got through all that kind of mm. thing so I think it's a really really good inspiring quote I would say I love it
0: do you are you good at taking time to appreciate and be like wow look how far I've come or are you kind of like always on to the next on to the next
1: a bit of both I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of um, like it's real I'm the kind of person that like, I'm just a grafter I always love to graft I always love to work hard I'm kind of like okay now what's next I'm going to achieve that next like I've got that kind of fire in me to do that also at the same time I do appreciate I'm so grateful for every single opportunity mm-hmm. that's come my way and I thank my stars every single day to even be in this position so it's a definitely a bit of both I would say
0: I think that's good I think that's what you need isn't it you have to you can't sit on your laurels kind of thing we always ask people what their worst piece of advice they've ever got and and what they why they ignored it and how they ignored it so tell me what you were told
1: so I was told that dance is not a career okay. and i got I got told this a lot yeah. at school even my I'm not sure my dad be saying this even my dad said to me he wasn't sure if dance could be a career um, he was just looking out for me at the time mm. and it's not true dance can be a career hundred percent and you know, when you look at music videos, concerts, oh my gosh, they're everywhere, TV shows, cruise ships, musicals, there's dancers everywhere, literally everywhere. And I think being told that, you know, it can't be a career, it does knock you down. Cause it's like, well, actually mm-hmm. luckily you never had that fire in me to be like, I'm gonna prove you all wrong. Go out there, moving away from thirst. I came from thirst. it's like a very small town, middle of nowhere. And move to London and Mm. look where it's got me now. So it goes to show that sometimes you need to make the big move and prove people wrong that Mm. actually it can be a career. It's not all about having to be a businesswoman or having to be, you know, a lawyer or a doctor. That kind Mm. of thing. You know, I was I was just so passionate about dancing. I'm a very creative person. I just don't think I can sit there for like nine to five.
0: Good. Do you miss having dance in your life?
1: as much or do you still bring it in quite a lot so i don't dance as much as i used to purely because i'm just busy but i still go to class at least once a week to go train Mm. i am performing at move it uh, which is the biggest dance event in europe that's literally in two weeks so yeah so dancing still is tied in with my life because it makes me happy it's my passion still and i'm not going to throw that away it's kind of my safe space to go and dance and just forget things for like two hours.
0: Yeah, it's so freeing, isn't it? I mean, if anyone's listening and hasn't gone and done like a mad dance class, you have to go and do it. It's just, there's no endorphins like it, are there? Even if you're not good like me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I say this to everyone, that like, dancing's just like a freedom, mm. you know? You know if you want to let out emotions it's the perfect safe space to do that and you just feel so good after like you sweated you've danced your heart out you didn't care like that's what life should be about it's just enjoying the moment
0: yeah fantastic tasha i've absolutely loved talking to you thank you so much for joining us on uh, life advice today
1: thank you so much for having me
0: Huge thanks to Love Island Natasha Guri. I loved spending time with her. I hope you did too. This is the last Grazia life advice for a little while. We'll be back with a new series very soon.